So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. Hello, and welcome to Everyday Connection Now with your hosts, Jean Victoria Norlock and Rick O'Shields, bringing your inner life to your everyday life. Welcome, everybody. To this edition of Everyday Connection Now. I'm Rick O'Shields, and far to my north in the frosty, chilly mountains of Quebec, Jean Victoria Norlock. How are you, Jean? I'm good. I'm good. A little frosty. It's early. Well, it's a little now, bad. It's a little frosty. Now, see, you, you, you always get on me about saying that it's cold where I am, and I'm going to get on you yes. about saying that it's early where you are because it's two hours earlier here. Yeah, it's, well. The sun hasn't you know. come up yet. It's trying. There's a little glow in the horizon. I, I have hope. Okay, so you, you have the heat, and I, I have the, the sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you could say. Oh, it's a fair trade, I Probably suppose. a little more awake. <clears throat> Absolutely. And, uh, Absolutely. Well, I've had some of uh, uh, Bob Marley's son has a coffee company, uh, Rohan Marley, and uh, so I've, I'm, I'm just starting my second cup, so I think I'll be awake enough to keep up. I'm going to try. <clears throat> Hard to keep up with you, though. Really? Yeah, sometimes. Hmm. You just keep right on rolling. <clears throat> <laughs> I which is do good. that, don't I? Which is good. Someone's got to. Absolutely. No, we we have a good we have a good back and forth you and I when when you're when I'm not rolling you're rolling and when you're not rolling I'm rolling so it seems to work well. But absolutely, <clears throat> so far so good. In the uh, in the news in the bantering department, I wanted to start with. Um, I'm sure it'll be another week before the show gets posted, but uh, recently uh, Pete Seeger, a uh, uh, man of the light uh, went home. Uh, had a good long life, though. He was born in 1919 and uh, made it to 2014. That's a pretty good, pretty good lifetime. And uh, it was just a couple of years ago, I guess, uh, when the Occupy movement was going on. He marched 30 blocks uh, with two canes and people helping because he felt so strongly about the fact that his beloved protest movement had come back to life. Um, but he has a quote that uh, is fitting for our banter, because we like to banter about good news. And then we're going to do this morning show thing about good news that we've talked about on the show. And, uh, but Pete said, the key to the future of the world is finding optimistic stories and letting them be known. It's a great quote. And so much truth. 
in that, really. And really kind of the core central um, driving force behind Everyday Connection. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> if you think about it, if you think about it, that was that was the game plan right from the start. We're just going to find the cool people and we're going to talk to them because right. that makes the world a better place. Um, so, yeah, it's pretty awesome. That's a great quote. We're going to have to keep using that one. Yeah. I and bouncing so. off the quote, you actually have some, some good news stories, some little bit of inspiration to share I, with our listeners this morning. I have, indeed, tracked down some good news stories. And uh, uh, first, we'll talk about a mother, uh, since we're, our guest is that we're going to introduce here in a bit from the, uh, is over in the U.K. We have a mother in Wales that's done some neat stuff. She placed cool. a, a gum tree ad, which I, I assume that's a little like, um, oh, what's that thing? Craigslist. <laughs> Craigslist. Or something like that. Right. It, 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 and, um, but um, 27-year-old mother, stay-at-home mother, uh, who finds herself in the position to, quote, offer a little help to those who may need it, unquote, uh, posted on, uh, on gum tree that she would be happy to provide some home-cooked meals to anyone that found themselves, uh, anyone with children that found themselves on benefits or otherwise having difficulty keeping the fridge stocked. And uh, Right, and that, that in and of itself is just a super cool thing for somebody to do, right? But there's absolutely. more. But, but there is more. Once, once it was posted, she began to get mountains of emails from people saying that they uh, felt inspired by her ad to donate to charity, so they've made donations in her name or honor. Um, and um, really nice emails from people saying they wanted to help her with the cooking. Even a chef wrote and said, I'll be happy to help. And uh, uh, But it all started with just she, she thought, you know, I'll be cooking for my own family so I can just make extra and you can pick it up or I will drop it off if you're local. And, um, right, so no... No, I'm going to change the world energy there. No, I'm out to save the world energy. Just a very simple, humble, I have extra, I'm going to give it. I'm going to right. share it. This and, is what I can do, so I'm going to do it. Yeah, just, just I'd like to help a little bit. I have some, I, I'm in the position and I'm grateful for it. And, uh, and it, it's now a huge story. The, uh, I found the story in That's the awesome. Independent. And... Uh, uh, so that's, again, don't ever think, you know, well, my little, I can't, what can I do? You'd be amazed at what you can do. And, uh, and of course, then after reading the story, I really read the story sort of scanning as I do before I went back and said, well, I'm going to have to find this lady's name if we're going to talk about her on the air. And, of course, her first name is Boudica. And when I first said that, it caused our dear Jean to laugh. <clears throat> She's being quiet over there. Well, because of course it, so. it is. <clears throat> and um, of course, it's Boudica. Of course. Yes. Well, of course. You know, because there's power in names. You know, and I think people forget that. I think it's it's one of the things that they mm-hmm. they forget. But um, part of this whole co-creative um, manifesting your reality thing, it really starts from birth. And you choose the name that best suits your role and purpose on this planet. So it always helps early on in your journey to, to take a little dive and, and search out the etymology of your name because names have meaning and they're very powerful. That's why many of the indigenous 
um, peoples would not give a child their name until it was their naming day, until they had explored enough of their life to know who and and what they are. So, you know, it, this is something to consider when when we talk about names. Absolutely. And when you think about your name. So, you know, something to reflect on this morning. Think about your name. Go go research your name. Find out what it means because names are very cool. Yes, because uh, Boudicca, very powerful name. Warrior, queen, uh, Celtic tribe. And uh, we're going to have some Celtic stuff going on in the morning show too. We'll just leave that hanging out there. Uh, but uh, while we're at it, we just had one more. I want to be uh, quick so we can get to our guest. But uh, a 10-year-old, Danny DiPietro, <clears throat> he and his dad were coming home from a co- hockey game. And those of you with 10-year-olds know that sometimes they don't pay any attention to you. They're just staring out the window and watching the world go by. And uh, he was apparently doing that. And he spotted what he thought was a dog. Uh, and, and he looked, you know, it's kind of out of the corner of his eye, and he looked, and he saw this lump, it was not moving, and uh, it was by a garage, and the garage door was open, and it was late at night, it was, a, you know, after a hockey game, it was extraordinarily cold, garage doors typically are not open, and it just, it, it weighed on him, so he got home, he told his mother, he said, listen, I've got to go see about this dog. This dog's probably, and his mother, of course, you know, oh, I'm sure it's nothing, it's cold, it's late. And and, and, and so he wandered out of the kitchen, and, and, and then he, he came right back and said, listen, you, you, i got to go. And fortunately, the uh, his mother gave in to his wishes, and they all bundled up and uh, went over there, and it turned out that it was an 80-year-old woman who had slipped and fell coming from her garage. And uh, doctors estimate she maybe maybe one more hour lying out there would, would have been done. And uh, so again, we say, when you are children, don't, don't, don't ignore your children. Don't wave them off, uh, particularly if, disregard. It, if it seems that they feel really strongly about something because children still maintain a more of that connection to the heart. He, you know, didn't say to his mother, you know, my, my heart is giving me inner guidance that there is something important. Because you don't have to know all of that. If you're, if you're living in connection, it just is what it is. And uh, uh, He knew he had to go, and he was going to keep pushing until he went. Yeah. Basically. So, That's so because he was enough of a pain in the neck, an 80-year-old woman has been saved. <laughs> So don't write you. them off as, awesome. as uh, always as pain in the neck. So there's my web. And don't write your own inner knowing off. Absolutely you know? not. I mean that's the thing too. Like that's 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 a little bit of of. There's an example of of what inner knowing can do for you. Okay. So when Main, when your gut and your heart are saying ah, you know red flag over here over here over here. Pay attention. Pay attention to what your gut and your heart are telling you because you never know. Listen to uh, what kind of like like we said earlier, what kind of impact connection. you can have on people's lives. Absolutely. Speaking of everyday connections, that's the that's the one we talk about. That's why it's not everyday connections. It's just that one because it'll lead you to all these other fun ones we get to have. Like like now, you were saying. Yes, yes. And speaking speaking of everyday connection, we are connected to the UK this morning. We are indeed, and. Um, 
have a wonderful guest with us that's uh, joining us from uh, London area, uh, Anushka Jordan. Welcome, Anushka. How are you? Hi, Rick. It's wonderful to be hearing uh, your wonderful stories. What a great start to your show. Very inspirational. Good morning to you. Well, thank you. We're glad you had time to join us today. Absolutely. She's a busy lady, you know. Yeah. So we're gonna get we're gonna get started right away with the big question and don't worry, you've been studying for it all your life, so you already know the answer. Who on earth are you and what do you do? What I do. Ah, well, I think I try to fully appreciate the adventure of living. And um I feel it with different things every day. But I think your question really, really uh, alludes more to uh, my current, uh, well, shall I call it work, but I prefer to call it my vocation. Uh, my background is in psychotherapy uh, and hypnotherapy. I also trained in shamanic healing. And uh, I developed a, a model called transcendental progression, uh, which is what I believe we will be presenting here uh, because as I understand, you you have become aware of, of the book I wrote on the subject, uh, which is uh, due to come out and be available from the next month. Lovely. So, how did you get started? Because this isn't um, this isn't a light life path. Mm, uh, that you've chosen. Maybe maybe not. Um, uh, I find well we can we can look at the mystery of how things do happen in our lives. Uh, I feel that uh, when we're born, we we are born with uh, with some inner purpose and truth. And uh, uh, no matter what uh, amazing tracks we take and what adventures we pursue and what um, uh, what um, things we do, somehow. Uh, that inner truth uh, will take us uh, to the ultimate direction if it's not uh, too badly impeded. Uh, so I would say that um, I came with, with this vocation in my heart <laughs> when, I, when I arrived on this earth and it just took me all the other uh, adventures to, uh, to bring it about and manifest it in the form uh, that it is present now and and I feel very <laughs> humbled and honored to to have that uh, that gift to offer so this is something that you've been doing pretty much from day one and you know no, like we said an inner not. knowing that this is where you knew it needed to go okay so so walk no. us through a bit of the journey to getting here okay because okay the most um, fascinating say, part of of life is the journey <laughs> yes well i i would liken it a bit um um uh, an analogy saying well uh we have the compass which shows us the the north but then we have all the roads uh, and and um and pathways on, on the world, uh, and we can go all around the globe, um, but it's the compass that, that keeps us uh, going and helps us navigate all the, all the things that we uh, experience. Um, well, um, coming back to psychotherapy, uh, I never even had heard the word, 
um, in my uh, in my uh, youth, uh, and it wasn't until I was an adult that it first uh, cropped up on on my horizon. Uh, but it was more um, a matter of uh, trying to understand what's what. Um, well. I grew up in Brazil, uh, which uh, I left age 12, and then um, I spent several years uh, in the European continent. I lived in Germany, in Switzerland, and in France, and I did all sorts of different things. I um, uh, did training in um, uh, business studies in Germany. I learned French in Switzerland and France and learned uh, fighting for survival. <laughs> And um, uh, finally came to the UK, where I, I tried all sorts of different things as well, uh, among which uh, maybe was uh, being uh, working as an interpreter in conferences and exhibitions because uh, I had the skills of languages, and that seemed to be a good way to use them. And later on, somebody remarked that actually... Uh, being an interpreter is something that relates very closely uh, to your work as therapist. And I must say that person was quite wise and quite right, although I hadn't seen it in the first place. So, yes, and somewhere in between is also motherhood and family life. And it makes a very colorful merry weave and challenges that um, we can use to grow from. <laughs> and, uh, yes, Eventually, so the psychotherapy came up, uh, and I felt yes, this is this is the thing for me. Uh, I had never realized it would be something that um, was open for me to pursue, and um, yes, it it held true, and so I'm I'm still on that on that road. <laughs> so you've been you've been. Uh doing this since, I guess, 1983. Uh, so. Yes, yes, that's correct. That's uh, when, I, uh, when I qualified, and um, I, have been, I have been working in that field uh, ever since, adding, adding the other um, pursuits, uh, like, the, like the shamanic training. Because coming from, from Brazil, I had a background that involved such things as... Uh, well, what was then called Macumba, uh, which some people would probably refer to as voodoo. And uh, it was really fascinating, you know, as a kid. I remember coming by trees in the parks and there was money and, and, and drinks and things laid out underneath and candles. And nobody would ever dream of touching it. So you, you had a great respect for, for, for this um, not uh, very mysterious element uh, in human endeavor. And when I then landed in, in, in Germany from there, it was a, a total opposite where things were very reasonable and practical and uh, cerebral and, well, of course, all this, uh, all this Macumba stuff was nothing but, uh, but rubbish and superstition. Uh, but it primed me uh, to see that uh, actually there are opposites from that from that point of view, and it doesn't necessarily mean that one is right and the other one is wrong. Uh, so my my curiosity uh, was fanned 
and uh, continue to try to discover what what's what. Uh, in a way, maybe uh, <laughs> I, I was a little bit of a philosopher. Um, and yes, it is true that uh, one can say that uh, there's a lot of superstition about and that it's rubbish, uh, but uh, it's like throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Uh, Absolutely. You cannot, you cannot uh, dismiss something, and that is what, something that uh, I feel uh, humanity is guilty of uh, all the time, is uh, that we're very quick to, to rubbish and dismiss something uh, without having any uh, qualification to do so. Now, if you want to dismiss something, first you need to study it, and then you can say, right, I've explored it, I've checked it out, and my conclusion is such and such. But not until you have looked into something um, can we can we allow ourselves to make such a judgment. Absolutely, I couldn't I couldn't agree more. And and it, you know I mean it's kind of weird that we have this odd human habit of thinking that it's this or that. Um, and it's only recently that we've begun to discover um, where science meets spirituality that realistically it is this and that and if we can find a way to marry the the two understandings then we can further our development as as a race and um, I, I find it fascinating that people are doing this more and more frequently not just um in your own field which is is psychotherapy so you're you're blending ancient shamanistic techniques with with modern day um psychotherapy training but in the medical uh, in you know uh physicians are are beginning to use plant medicine well blended with traditional western medicine so we're blending of the easterns and 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 the western practices mm-hmm. um and, and even some religions are you know we have a friend who teaches uh celtic christianity so he's blending the modern day understanding of christianity with the ancient Celtic understanding of of what what true Christianity was, so we're mm-hmm. seeing it right across the board. It's happening around the world, and it's absolutely fascinating transition to me, and and long overdue as far as I'm concerned. It's about <laughs> bloody time. <Yeah>. I mean, <laughs> well, you know, we we all have a brain and a heart. We we don't have one or the other, and. Um, uh, so bringing them together is only logical to me, Spock might say. <laughs> well, yes, uh, uh, I can pick you up on that. Um, uh, what I hear you speaking of is actually the endeavor of holism, uh, of bringing uh, the, the various strands together into, into a, a holistic weave to make, to make an integrate an integrated and integral um, product and image and understanding uh, of of all the different aspects that uh, we can be aware of. Indeed. Now, uh, <laughs> well, because people have tried the, the, the separation, you know, it's, it's all going to be science and engineering, like you perhaps, at least on the surface, experienced in Germany, or it's all going to be mysticism and they need to come together. Uh, well, yes, indeed. Um, the importance, though, being that, that we try and avoid 
putting one above uh, the others and reduce one thing and, and elevate the other. Uh, and uh, in that in that principle, um, you can find um, a very useful map in transcendental progression. Uh, now, what uh, what you said, Rick, is about the, the heart uh, and and the material. But actually, uh, if we make a, a comprehensive map, if we try to uh, to understand better uh, how we tick as individual and how we tick as a species. Um, we need to uh, to do a certain kind of anatomy. We know anatomy in medicine, but uh, in this uh, in this perspective, what we need to look at is uh, the anatomy of the whole self, the components of the whole self, the dynamics of the whole self, uh, and by by making some order, we can then uh, learn uh, how to manage. Uh, that amazingly complex and intricate being that we are, and um, in in my in my views uh, and observations, I feel that we are very fragmented on the whole, and also uh, we are conflicted uh, within among our components, uh, and that obviously then will uh, will express itself uh, in our outside interactions and relationships uh, and with, with transcendental progression um, that is clarified and it, uh, it gives you a tool with which to, to try to, uh, to bring those aspects together into, into harmony, integration and balance. And um, uh, you were mentioning uh, several uh, aspects of human nature uh, but there are far more. And uh, if you would like, I could give you an outline uh, of of those components and dynamics as I understand them. It'd be wonderful. That'd be fantastic. Oh, okay. All right. Now, um, let me explain it as as modules. Um, my explanation starts with let's have a look at the whole self and divide the whole self into two areas. The one is the lower self and the other one is the higher self. Now, by and large, uh, we, we are quite familiar and, and everybody lives in the lower self. And when we speak of a questing for the spiritual path, it means that we're trying to uh, raise our consciousness above and beyond our lower self. Now, uh, in, in spiritual schools, very often the result is that, oh, we've got to uh, throw away the lower self. Uh, it's, it's rubbish, it's, it's nothing, and we really have to quest for our spirituality, our soul being. And that is half the equation. Uh, whereas uh, other schools of thought will say, oh, well, you know, uh, we, we have to deal with uh, our mental processes, and then we talk of uh, mental health and such. And uh, there, again, just uh, by the by, there is a, a very big error in perception. A lot of what is called mental health or uh, mental illness, it's really something to do with emotional unhealth emotional suffering, emotional dysfunction, 
and um, it doesn't get addressed as such because it is considered uh, in the wrong part of ourselves. So having started with that, let me take you to, to look at the, the basics uh, where, we, where we manifest ourselves through. The first module uh, in the lower self is what I call the four faculties. We live through our four faculties. Uh, our four faculties need to be understood as a team of four equals. But in practice, I see uh, we, do not, we do not live like this. The four faculties are matter, emotion, mind, and psyche. Now, I explain a little bit more. Matter is our material being. It's our physical body, our physical possessions, it's in the physical realm. Now, emotion is to do with all that we experience emotionally, and it's quite different from what, it, what we experience physically. Next, we think of mind. Mind, as I define it, uh, would be that part of ourselves which reasons the rational aspect. And already we can, we can observe uh, how conflicts can arise. You have emotion that says, oh, I'm feeling really sad. And mind says, rubbish, pull yourself together. <laughs> so mind feels, believes it has to take the lead. In our daily living and um, our principles very often go that it's our mind that has to rule and our emotions get denigrated and subjugated uh, at very high cost to our welfare and to the, to the balanced and beautiful life that we could have. So when our emotions are miserable, the next thing could be that we entice our, our body to eat so that our emotion can derive some comfort of the body eating and end up with obesity, which the body didn't want the food. It's the emotion that wanted the food. Uh, this is just to illustrate a little bit uh, how the dynamics might play out uh, in practice. Uh, and now let's have a little look at psyche, our fourth faculty, which is one uh, that has also been very much ignored and sidetracked and denigrated. Psyche is that part of ourselves which we could call the sixth sense, the extrasensory perception. And it has just uh, as much uh, and, uh, of equal importance to contribute to our whole self as the other three faculties. Uh, so the point really is to understand that we have those four faculties uh, and and become familiar with them. Uh, and uh, we aim to uh, heal what is dysfunctional. And we can also aim to increase that which is doing okay. So it is through matter, emotion, mind, and psyche that we express and interact in the world. So this yeah. is to put it very, very simply and, and, and in a rudimentary way uh, to, to describe the, the first 
module uh, of, um, of ourselves. Um, in the second part, I address ego. Now, ego is, uh, is a part of ourselves uh, which is absolutely instrumental in being a human being. And by and large, I observe it to be quite misunderstood and very, very little known. Uh, the, the formula usually is, oh, you know, he's got a big ego, or his ego is bad, it got, got, gets in the way. And in, in religions and mysticism, it's, oh, you've got to subdue the ego, you've got to get rid of the ego, it's the source of the evil, uh, which... Which, which we find it's, to be quite annoying, to be quite honest. Um, yes. Yeah, it's one of the things that bothers us, bothers us frequently is, is this concept that any part of what makes us human is, is something that we need to get rid of in order to be um, more awakened yeah. or more spiritual. And, that, and that, to me, that's absolutely ridiculous because People. the whole point to be in here is to be human. And, and our ego is, is a, a very important part of who we are. Yes, indeed. People talk on Facebook about, I'm going to delete my ego. And yes, that, and that is, that is uh, suicidal there, yes, I think. Well, it is. It, it, just like saying that, you know, when people I'm going to chop off my arm. Fear is bad. It, it, well, mm -hmm. it has its place. If there's a bus coming that's going to strike you, it, it would be good to be concerned about that, you know. Uh, well, in that Irrational case, fears, yes, but... But there's a difference between fear and danger. Your body. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It all has to come... To, it, it all came together, <laughs> because here we are. So... Yes. <laughs> so, now, um, we, we have this, this, uh, this um, uh, angle of view now that we see that, oh, yes, you know, our ego is being persecuted. <laughs> now, um, uh, allow me to... Um, describe ego a little bit better in transcendental progression terms. Ego uh, is seen as a family of ego roles. All right. Now, we don't have one ego. It's like saying fruit. There's many different fruits, <laughs> and each one is quite different. So, uh, what we, what we uh, look at is our different ego roles. Now, uh, at the point of birth, we are somebody's son or daughter, grand grandchild and sibling and what have you. And as we continue through life, we become a school child, um, we grow on, we become a, a friend, uh, uh, we become a student, we become a professional, we become a driver, we become a drinker, we become a uh, a drug user, and so on. So we have some um, tangible ego roles, like like the uh, son, brother, etc. And then we start acquiring ego roles. We were not born a smoker, but we acquire that ego role. And uh, if we uh, if we make the optimal choices, we decide at one point we don't want that ego role to be running anymore and we look for ways of um, stopping it and <laughs> become the non-smoker again for our own interest and everybody else's. 
but that's just a little example. Uh, so, firstly, we need to become aware of which ego roles uh, form our personal collection, our personal ego family. And transcendental progression is instrumental in assisting people in, in finding out those details and then in turn uh, of, um, of doing something with them <laughs> and about the dysfunctions and about the, the self-development. Uh, ego roles, well, let me, let me give you a little analogy because now we've spoken of faculties and we've spoken of ego roles and I can give you uh, an image um, if you think of music. First, we have instruments, the musical instruments, uh, and they need to be tuned and well cared for so that they can make a good sound. And that's how we can see our four faculties. They are our instruments, and we need to take care of them and tune them so that they can make a good sound. In turn, our ego roles can be likened to the musicians. Now, if a musician doesn't know how to uh, use the instrument, that musician will not necessarily produce a good sound. But even when that musician uh, knows how to use uh, an instrument, if the other musicians are not aware, so you end up with a group of musicians, neither one being aware of the other, each one making its own sound, and what is the result of that? Cacophony. Exactly. <laughs> now that's what happens inside us. Ourselves can be experienced quite like a cacophony because your different ego roles inside are not collaborating. They can be in conflict with each other and they, they're not interacting properly. Uh, they're not necessarily using the instruments appropriately. Now, just think how good it could be. What is missing there is your conductor of the orchestra. Now, this is where we come to at the next level. As we work with our faculties and our ego roles and we come, become familiar with them, and in my work, we use dialogue to interact with each one of those um, components in turn. Dialogue brings about transformation. And as my clients, students, whoever is, is doing uh, this practice, as they progress with the exploration and, and communication with their components, the ego roles and the faculties, uh, there is an emergence, an, an aware emergence of the observer. Uh, which part, what is it that is looking at the ego roles, listening to the ego roles, looking and listening to the faculties, interacting with them? And so, uh, the individual becomes more and more aware of what I call the core self. 
and the core self then emerges out. Much as a parent, much as a mentor, uh, which is the one to be in charge of conducting the music, <laughs> the musicians helping them to perform to better ability, helping them uh, to repair and fix what isn't going quite well, and help them to become aware of each other and interact with each other so that you can end up with a beautiful music, which is actually what I call the transformation of yourself, the transformation of your living quality. And uh, some people would probably use the term uh, the enlightenment. When you come to this higher part of yourself, uh, you, you really gain a different perspective. It's as if you've gone up the mountain and you can start seeing the details uh, below you with a very, very different perspective and you can then start viewing and interacting with life uh, in, in a much more uh, empowered way. From, from a position of greater wisdom and strength and beauty. So that brings us to the midpoint between lower self and higher self. So I'll give it over to you for a bit so that you can rest and sink in. Well, I find it fascinating that, I mean, something we talk about on the show so often with regards to health and well-being, both Rick and I, um, is that we're constantly encouraging people to open up a conversation between their their spirit, their mind, and their body. So, you know, um, and pe- people have often thought we're, we're a tad nuts. Um, I think the word often. insanity has been tossed around several times. Yes, 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 absolutely. Um, but both Rick and I have discovered through our own healing process because we've had we've had physical challenges over the past several years and are both on well on the path to recovery. Our 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 improvement has, you know, continued to be just growing exponentially. It's it's quite awesome and amazing to bear witness to and I think we both agree that the, the core reason that that has happened is because we tapped into this this interesting ability to be able to communicate with your body, make mm-hmm. agreements with your body to mm-hmm. offer and receive benefits mm-hmm. to your body. And so I mean, you're you're talking about this with regards to your ego, your emotions. So you're encouraging the same conversation just with different elements. So not just your body, but the other parts of yourself. Absolutely. So that nothing gets left out. So that you can achieve uh, true holism. Um, Like you speak of body, mind, and spirit. Now, um, it is uh, like talking about, well, talking of two wheels and the driver of the car. (laughs) <laughs> it's it's not a complete equation. Um, spirit, I have not even addressed yet. <laughs> but let me let me bring something in in response to what you said uh, about uh, madness. What is the definition of madness? People say, "Oh, this is crazy. This is mad. You're off your rocker." But well, uh, Einstein Einstein said that insanity is 
insanity by definition is doing the same thing over and over again and and expecting a getting the same result <laughs> and expecting a different result but getting the uh, same result now we have done the same thing over and over again and gotten fantastic results you know what i mean so i mean we know we're not crazy but people view it as <laughs> as, yeah. as kind of nuts well, i give you i give you my my definition um if you if you take that into consideration uh, madness is that which the observer cannot understand so if I'm looking at something and I don't understand it, then I'll call it mad. Or I see a person which I cannot fathom and cannot understand, I will call that person mad uh, to fit my parameters. <laughs> it is not uh, a, a realistic uh, definition of what is being observed. It defines the observer. Absolutely. It's uh, like... Wayne Dyer likes to talk about about yeah, labeling like people. You know, it, yeah. it, you label, label someone, it it really doesn't do anything to the person that you're labeling. It's, it's just exposes more definition of the person doing the labeling, yes. the observer. Yes, yes, indeed. <laughs> and it it and it is. It's it's. These people do. They say you know. What do you mean your heart said move to Scottsdale? Why? Well, I don't, I don't know yet, but I imagine I'll know when I get there. And, of course, I've discovered many elements of why before I got here. But, um, but like, the, like the 10-year-old boy and his mother, that's almost you know, his psyche and, 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 and her being the, the mental process of, oh, that's, that's silly, it's late it's cold yes. it's nobody's out there it, exactly it, you you can see that uh, i i think probably that boy was was probably touched emotionally um because uh, the, there was a, a a sense of uh perceiving uh, uh something uh that seemed dangerous uh, and and suffering uh, so he responded to that but the mother reacted from mind which is uh, what i call a, a cross-faculty interaction uh, when uh, instead of, uh, of having an, a, a full and appropriate response, you get an unsatisfactory response. <laughs> but uh, I don't want to go into the greater detail of this right here. It's, it's perhaps going into, into too much. Uh, it could be a whole series of shows. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a lot of material there, I dare say. But um, I want to pick up on, on what you said that oh, it was your heart uh, that uh, told you uh, to do such and such a thing. Uh, and I would, um, I would uh, say, no, it's not the heart. I've got a very, very different definition of the heart than what is usually uh, um, spoken of. Uh, I think what, what you're probably talking about, without having <laughs> more conversation, uh, is that your psyche, you had an intuition from your psyche. Indeed. Uh, it wasn't your, your rational mind, it wasn't your emotion, and it wasn't your body that directed you in, 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 the, in, in the way that you pursued, but it was your psyche, your extrasensory perception. Uh, not the heart and not the soul, which are different elements, again. <laughs> Yeah, because it wasn't a reasoned, you know, well, I've done an analysis exactly. and this exactly. is, it, it, it was just, 
and and it was reinforced with synchronistic uh, happenings and occurrences and 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 but but yeah, it was not uh, not logical certainly. No, no, you obviously have good psychic um, awareness and and sensitivity, which uh, allows you to 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 make good use of of that faculty as well as the others, and and that's as it would be desirable for all of us. Well, it took it took some time. I was quite the science fellow when I was young, and and I can see many times in my life when I reasoned myself out of following uh, signals like that. Yes, so the mind was dominating as uh, it's mostly the case, and people think that that's how it should be, that mind should dominate. And very often I had I had cases where uh, my, my clients or participants uh, came across that mind that was dominating. Yeah, but that's my job. But no, it isn't. Uh, the uh, the task of guidance and overview and of uh, being the conductor of the orchestra uh, is a part of the ego role. And as we become disconnected and unaware and uh, our lifestyle, our society, our, um, our learnings uh, take us away from our true, full human nature and we lose so much. Uh, uh, in that in that process, and I I would would love to see uh, education of children uh, being quite different, uh, meaning to to help the child develop all that it is, so that when it, as it grows, uh, it it becomes fully able to live its humanity. Uh, things like maths and writing and all those things which form the curriculum, they are additional too, but they're secondary. To our personal development first. Yes, it's um, so many times a, a child like this ten-year-old would be trained out of those yes. faculties, which uh, you know I I believe there was some form of on some level there was some knowing of you know. Uh, yes. It's not yes. just a bundle of clothes. Something is wrong. And, of course, he didn't know it was an 80-year-old woman. He thought it was a dog. But there was a sense that, that I, assistance is needed uh, mm-hmm. that, that, again, didn't, didn't arise in the mental processes. No. Uh, it's, uh, you know, awareness is, is the key element uh, for, for our living. Uh, and uh, and living well. Uh, if you if you consider that later you 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 observe around you about the subject of awareness, uh, how much lack of awareness there is and the consequences of it. Um, awareness of ourselves within and awareness of our world around us. We can change very much. I'm, I'm drawn to thinking about the story you, you quoted earlier on about Buddhika. Well, she took, she took up the awareness of what she perceived around her and she, she reacted to that. She responded to, the, to that uh, and, and made it um, a living thing. And um, this is, this is what I call transformation. Uh, when your awareness leads you uh, to, to, to 
getting to see something that otherwise you would perhaps not be seeing. You know, mostly we go through life uh, with our eyes closed and our gaze averted. We don't want to see this. We don't want to see that, lest we may have to respond to it, lest we may have to do something. And it's not necessarily convenient. We don't want to have all this responsibility. But by, by nature, I feel uh, it's the innate thing to be aware and responsible in our world. And just think, think of the word responsible. I divide it into two concepts. Response, able. Able to respond. Correct. And yes. with, therefore, with responsibility, with the ability to respond, you become bigger and stronger and more empowered, not diminished, not reduced, not overburdened. And, and it's interesting. I, I keep going back to this story, but we often run into stories because they can be demonstrative during a show. Uh, his mother went with him. Uh, probably out of a sense of, you know, I've got to go and protect him and show him that it's nothing. But the, the, the mental faculties, uh, uh, the mental processes were, were required as well because they, after they okay. discovered the woman, she needed to know to, to call the emergency yes. personnel. And, 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 and so it, yeah. it took the awareness. Matha was also active, so the, the physical activation of things and uh, the mental thought. Uh, and also the emotional response. Absolutely, and um, uh, because with without the emotion, you could easily st- come with some reasoning of you know, well, you know, she's an adult; she may have chosen to take a nap in the freezing cold. Well, in that case, <laughs> it is our response ability to respond to what is there and to inquire and make sure. Absolutely, and um, uh, so it's a it's a, it's a a beautiful example. Uh, the more I'm that it's creeping in around the awareness here of of, of how those parts can work together. Of you know, well, reasoning mind says that's probably not the case, but the feeling is strong enough that okay, well, then we better yeah. inquire further. Let's go look. Yeah. So, yeah, as you said, let's go and look. It's sort of like, hey, that's us. (laughs) You know, it's not just me, I, one thing. It's it's the various aspects which each, uh, as I said before, it's a team uh, of four equals. And uh, if we can can, um, uh, help our faculties to to live and, and interact as a team, uh, we are the winners. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And really, without even moving past that first set of four modules, if you get those working in harmony, uh, what an amazing improvement and expansion that is. Uh, absolutely. absolutely. And there's, uh, there's always more, uh, uh, yeah. you know, more <laughs> levels and more expansion. But, uh, but just having those where the awareness would travel with us would be, Awesome. Yes, and to, to understand them, it, it's so much easier when you can understand them in their separate identity. But it's uh, like when you do the anatomy of the body, yeah, you, you see what is your digestive tract and uh, what is your blood circulation and what's your nervous system, but they are uh, uh, an integral 
a whole uh, unit at the end of the day. But if you do not understand them uh, and the, the refinement and, and individual profile, uh, you cannot take care of them and, and fix them and uh, enhance them appropriately. And one, one organ fails or it, it then causes imbalances in others, and then another oh, one, and yes. then another one, and you get this cascade failure. Well, that, that, you know, here um, comes psychosomatic illness issue, which uh, originates in, in, for example, our emotions being unwell, and then we end up uh, with, uh, with a physical ulceration in our stomach of the body. Absolutely. There are some people who will have that uh, all illness is psychosomatic. In other words, that all illness originates from somewhere other than our body, from one of the other faculties or whatever, but um, uh, it's enough to consider that not all illness uh, originates in the body where it manifests. No, and that it does, uh, that all of them, uh, work together and 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 yeah. and also they don't just function together they can dysfunction together uh, because mm-hmm. it's a it is a holistic <laughs> unit it's a, amazing that we've arrived just about at our halfway point because this is perhaps a good spot to pause before we move okay. on to the uh to the higher self um, <laughs> okay uh, and uh, uh what sh- what shall we have? Gene, some uh, Ina V or uh, uh, hang music or uh, I don't know what to play. Yeah. We can always would be good. do the uh, Earth Prayer. Uh, Absolutely. From Ina V. They haven't done it in a while. Time to uh, bring that one back. So this will be our dear friend Ina V with uh, her song Earth Prayer, uh, which is uh, based in Hawaiian Ho'oponopono. Oh, uh, wonderful. So we hope everyone will uh, enjoy that, but we have much more to come, so stay okay. with us, folks. Meanwhile, aloha.
To walk in a good way, make new decisions, pray for peace within us all. We can find strength together. We Everyday Connection on the Flow Cooperative, an entirely new stream on the scene. Welcome back, everybody. Again, that was our dear friend Ina V with her song, Earth Prayer. And uh, 
We encourage you to drop by and visit her at www.enavie.com. Again, that's enavie.com. And uh, uh, check out the Earth Prayer Project. She's doing some amazing uh, philanthropic work with the proceeds from that song. So uh, it's healing all the way around. We like that. Us. We. Absolutely. <laughs> well, people do the coolest things. Humans are just awesome. Humans are awesome. My partner has said that once or twice, I think, over the years. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back with uh, Anushka Jordan in our uh, fascinating discussion in view at, the, at our parts. I was going to say disparate parts, but they're not. Our together parts that... Our components. <laughs> we should treat as together parts. <laughs> so you've you, you, you've taken us through you know, briefly. Of course, this is an in-depth uh, model that you do workshops uh, around uh, in your transcendental progression. Uh, and I, so you treat it as a progression like we've been going, where you start with the four physical modules and then move on up. And, um, and you, you mentioned the core, and uh, I guess that's uh, one of four also in that third set of modules. Well, yes, we have, uh, we have had a look at our four faculties which uh, is the medium through which we live uh, as human beings, and uh, our ego roles, uh, which uh, really profile um, our personality, dare I say. Uh, and we also uh, observe the emergence of, of the observer through working uh, with those components of lower self. And this emergent uh, awareness from within, uh, I, I term the core self. Now, uh, as you suggested, we, we pick up from core self to continue our journey through the whole self. Uh, very briefly, um, from, from the point of core self, things become a rather more abstract. Uh, and I, uh, I quite like to uh, open it up to, to a wider uh, variety of, of thought because uh, I, I leave it open to people to be believers or non-believers. Uh, even if you, if you do not believe that there is a something uh, beyond our lower self, the model still can be used and hold true and be interpreted in that format. Uh, on the other hand, it can also be seen uh, from, from a perspective uh, of spiritual uh, truth in existence. Um, now, the core self would be the midpoint, the intermediary uh, between our highest as well. Now, uh, the, the components, if I dare use that terminology for the high, higher self, would be the intermediary of core self, 
And then in the next space would be soul divinity. I prefer not to use the word God because uh, there's a lot of um, uh, interpretation on that word. And uh, I like to, uh, to keep away from that. Uh, the way that I define divinity is as our essence, and not only the essence of me or of you, but the essence, the origin of all there is, of the whole of creation through space and time and the timeless. We sometimes use the term source. Yes, that would be equally... <laughs> um, uh, describing what I mean. Now, uh, the soul uh, I see as, as being the same as the divinity. Uh, in other words, well, one of the little analogies that, that we like using is like the cloud in the sky and the droplet or the ocean of which the droplet is a part is the same, but it's individuated. But while it's in the ocean, it is not individual. Uh, it is uh, it is the uh, the one. So that's what I call soul divinity, and from that soul divinity, the individual manifests via core self, ego roles, and faculties. And if you like to consider the philosophy of reincarnation, core self. Uh, would be uh, as the strand which collects the pearls of individual incarnations. Hmm. So it's the core self which will integrate the essence of each lifetime and carry it on and, uh, and manifest again through the, the next life which will be composed of different uh, ego roles and and different faculties, like we, we come and uh, we have a, a different body made from the same original stuff being recycled. <laughs> All right. So, uh, because, um, you see, the thing is, I, I feel that it, the, the soul, we, we, we think of the soul sometimes, I like this terminology of this is soul destroying, but it's totally wrong. Soul just is. It never is never different. It is it is our divine essence. Whereas core self, uh, it does it does shift. It does develop. It does change. It has a different uh, place and function uh, for our individual life and manifestation. <clears throat> As we have been looking before, our core self is the one. Uh, that we that we should be uh, becoming aware of and engaging uh, in order to uh, make our lives uh, more whole and in order to manage uh, our faculties and our ego roles uh, in order to uh, assist our components to become more functional and and gain uh, a better result. Now, the other thing that occurs is as our awareness starts to move, because uh, when we, before we had the break, we started talking about awareness and how it is a, a key dynamic in bringing about 
changes and developments. So it is through the medium of awareness that we shift our consciousness. Now as we as we're doing the dialogue exercises, our awareness grows and by by doing the exercise also we shift our consciousness from one part of ourselves to another because we do that sitting in different chairs we have the whole self sitting in one chair and then we shift over to another chair uh, to take the place of one of the faculties or one of the ego roles and that in itself it is a shift of awareness now let me do a little exercise with you are you guys ready for this sure both of you absolutely okay let's go for it okay now I'd like to ask you how is your right foot feeling a little sore oh and Jean <sighs> feeling oddly numb right now <laughs> oh a little cold oh, well. perhaps Oh, no, it's not. Yeah. I don't think it's. I don't. I don't think it's. I don't think it's from the cold because the heat's blowing right on it. It's just for whatever reason, it's, mm. it's not really well, doing that's anything. Not what it is. So let's just take it. Just it is. But yes, but um, that is your foot. Now, could you tell me how is your right hand feeling? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a good answer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Um, it's it's feeling empty because okay. I'm not using it for anything right now, and that's my doing stuff with hand. Okay. And Rick. <laughs> yeah, well, mine is uh, is cold, but working. Mine it's mousing around. Okay. All right. Fine. Well, excellent. Now, what I want to point you to. Uh, to, to consider now is that when I asked you about your foot your consciousness your awareness was drawn to focus on foot now your awareness has been the vehicle that took your consciousness to the foot and for the duration uh, that that was the case. Your foot was your experienced reality. That was your truth of that moment. And when I asked you about your hand, you immediately forgot everything about your foot. And suddenly, your momentary experience was your hand. Now, I use this exercise to illustrate to you how we shift through awareness, how through shifting our awareness we take our consciousness to uh, a particular point of focus which then becomes our reality experience. Now normally those shifts are happening all the time without ever giving a thought. However, when we become um, aware of this this possibility and, and this dynamic that it happens by itself. But actually, once we know, 
that this is happening, we can say, oh, hang on a minute. Do I want to focus on that right now? Do I want this to be my reality experience? Is it to, to the best of where I'm at at this moment in time? Or is it better that perhaps I guide my attention, my focus, my consciousness uh, into a different point so that I can experience something else right now? Now, with this I'm illustrating that actually our reality experience depends on where our consciousness is. And uh, where our consciousness goes is not entirely random and automatic, but we can have a say in this. We can learn to determine and choose the reality experience that we want. So this is the most crucial element about awareness because it shifts our consciousness. And once we are familiar with the components of self, we can then integrate this learning and this skill of shifting consciousness. And this is what is really pursued uh, through meditation and through mystical schools. Uh, That is the pursuit of reaching enlightenment. It's shifting our consciousness from our lower self to higher self. So if we can shift from foot to hand, we can shift from one faculty to another. We can shift from a faculty to an ego role. And once we have practiced that in the lower self, and through the practice of doing those exercises, we have developed our awareness of our core self. We can shift more and more readily to our core self. And as we do so in our everyday life, we can become more and more expressive of our core self rather than uh, being run by our, our automatic programs of faculties and ego roles. Because that's what our lower selves really are composed of, what our lower self elements are, the faculties, the ego roles, are all programs, biochemical programs, emotional programs, mental programs, etc. Our ego roles are programs. And according to those programs, we have automatic reactions. It's nothing to do with us having chosen or having the will or having directed it. We're just like puppets. It's like the knee-jerk reaction. You hit it with a hammer, it jumps out. If I'm programmed in my palate that I like sweet, when my tongue tastes sweet, it enjoys it. And if it tastes bitter, it doesn't like it. Some other people would react differently, possibly. But that's what it is. We are made up of programs, and we are run by our programs. That is, until our consciousness rises to our core self, and in the core self, this is where we become aware of the program. Our core self is the point where we can become the masters of our program. And this is the point of where our enlightenment begins, where we 
stop being the puppet where we take charge of our life experience, where we transform. Once we have become experienced in core self-awareness, that is what I call transformation. Another little analogy. If you think of a lamp, you can have the most beautiful lamp on your table or on your, on your shelf or somewhere. You probably each have a, a, a beautiful lamp like that at home. Any other lamp will do. We look at that lamp, it's wonderful, we like it, it's decorative. But you know what? It's not until you switch it on and the energy creates light that it really is fulfilling its purpose and its meaning. So it's not until we become core conscious that we start switching on our light. And when we have reached that point, this is a point of transformation. This is where our light starts to shine out of us. This is when we give the light to the world. People will notice when you are in your core self, when you are in your light. It is unavoidable. You, 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 you have that air, that halo around you for the duration that you are turned on to your light through core consciousness. Where you're channeling your light, which really originates from your soul, from your essence, from your source. So the core self is the channel through which your soul light manifests in your human, physical, material form for the duration of uh, your time on earth. Indeed. So and, the, and the core self that's really, as you said, can become the, the master of the programs and instruments and and be at choice over the programs rather than the programs running. That's it. And that is you. That is the difference between the animal and the human being. The human being alone uh, is gifted uh, with, with the ability to become aware uh, of, of our programs. The animals cannot. And the consequence is that the animals, no matter what horrid acts they, 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 they perpetrate is because they're just following the divine programming of their nature. They cannot do otherwise. So we can never say they're being hurried, even if it's abhorrent to us what they may be doing or not doing. Uh, yeah, like the cat bringing in the head mouth, poor thing. Um, yes, the lion, the lion attacking <laughs> and killing. It's that's I mean, we can get not our malice. Sense. It's just. No, they, they do not have the, the ability to, to go above their program, but we have this ability. We have been gifted the ability uh, to reach our, our light, switch on our light, uh, and, and transform our living. We do not have to act like brutes. We can learn to act like sensitive Compassionate beings. Well, that is that is an ad additional thing. But uh, I was thinking more that you know we we then take on 
uh, what what others are experiencing. So your pain in your foot becomes my pain because I'm seeing it. I'm sharing it. We become more close in, in a oneness. We, we, we share more into our common humanity. Into When we come to core self, our differences fall back. And if I dare say something here about religion, usually um, it is a very, very sticky subject to approach. I personally don't favor religion because religion has a very strong uh, faculty and ego elements uh, which can prevent the individual from reaching up and and uh, and and uh, over the above the, the the lower self into core self to reach our our innate nature of of, of soul and divinity which we all have <clears throat> So uh, I would say that religiosity and spirituality are entirely different things. Like spirit does not need a vessel, but the vessel needs a content. And in religions, the the content is intended to be the essence of spirituality, defined in so many different and diverse uh, forms. But it often gets lost. So when we when we reach so, our our core self, we, we reach our spirituality, and this is this is where we come to to another element. And if you would like to 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 comment before I move on to what well, uh, I, I, like I, I, the heart center. So that would be the next thing after you speak. <laughs> well, I was just curious if this is uh, this is the point where more of your uh, uh, shamanic uh, background, your, the shamanic journeying and healing uh, might come into play. Uh, no, that is not correct, and, and I'm glad you asked that question because it gives me an opportunity to make uh, a distinction which I feel uh, to be vitally important and again a source of much uh, misconception and misunderstanding. Now, how shall I put it? Okay. Let's say we take a skilled shaman or medicine man or witch doctor and one of the requirements of, of that line of work is uh, to, uh, to be, to be uh, educated in your psyche, that your psyche is functional because you have to work with the unseen world. And you can be very talented, like, um, for example, an athlete is talented uh, in in matter, in the faculty of matter, um, a shaman or a spiritual, as it's called, and I don't like the word spiritual in that, I would call it a psychic healer, as a psychic healer uses those uh, skills in that uh, frequency of vibration range, because everything is defined by the frequency of vibrations, whether it is uh, in the physical domain, in the emotional or mental or psychic domain. They, they all run by different frequencies of vibration. Now, we can have, uh, as I said, uh, a practitioner who is a um, spiritual healer, a shaman, a witch doctor, very talented, very effective in using psyche. 
And people will then say, oh, wow, he's a spiritual person. Not necessarily. Because spirituality, enlightenment, is dependent on that person having learned and been able to raise the consciousness to core self and to channel soul. The soul life. But you can have practitioners who have no spiritual development of that sort at all. So they would not be spiritual people. A spiritual is a person who has learned and has the skill to live and manifest and interact from core consciousness, from core self, even if it's only intermittent, but nevertheless. So you can uh, also, let's, let's look at the example of the saints um, from uh, I'm looking a little bit at the at the Indian and and, and Hindu tradition and culture. You can have somebody who's considered to be a saint, but that saint is an ego role, and it does not necessarily mean that that person is also uh, spiritually uh, developed uh, and competent at uh, expressing and living uh, from high self. So uh, the, the psychic talent and, and work with psyche is totally different from being spiritual. Now, uh, let me use again the example of the car. If we think of the car and the four faculties, each are one of the wheels of the car. If you have one very good wheel, it does not say anything about the driver. Indeed, there may not be a driver in that car at all. But somebody may be a very good driver without necessarily even sitting in the car. And that is, is being at a high level of spirituality. Does that uh, explain it? Is there something... Absolutely. Clear? Okay. That's absolutely fascinating. Thank you. Now, because from there I would like to make a jump to another area of, of great misconception. Because there I can come in again and, and make a little pointer to language. You see, uh, the way we, we have language, and language limits us or frees us, as the case may be, to express content. And sometimes we have content and don't have the word. And and so things get mangled and we get lost and confused. Just like I, I just showed you with the difference between being psychic and having psychic talent, not being anything at all to do with being spiritually developed. Now I'm going to grab the real nettle. The word love. Oh my God. It would be so easy if we had several words with different distinctions. In Greek, we have the word eros and we have the word agape, which helps us make, make some distinction. Now, let's look at English. <laughs> I, I have the image of somebody coming and saying, Hey, Rick, I love you. I love only you. Well, my recommendation, Rick, would be run a mile. 
<laughs> Quickly. <laughs> run away, run away. <laughs> it's not speaking of love in the way that I like to conceive it. One of the terminologies we, we use is unconditional love. And to avoid the word altogether, I favor using the words kindness and compassion. And the definition for this quality that I use is love, kindness, compassion, is that which we give of ourselves. Pure and simple. What we give of ourselves. In Spanish, you have two words. Te amo, which means I love you. The other one, te quiero, I want you. Now, at least that's honest. If I say, hey, Rick, (laughs) I like your body. Well, you know where I'm coming from. Right. (laughs) Well, in other ancient languages sometimes had many words. Indeed. Apparently Hungarian also possesses many words. But so, uh, when we use the word love, uh, and we express, let me give you another example. Oh my God, look at that little fluffy kitten. Oh, it's so delightful and adorable and cuddly. I love it. Oh, look at that spindly spider. Oh, yuck, yuck, yuck. I hate it. Kill it. So, what we're talking about here is our programmed responses from emotion. My emotion is responding to a cuddly kitten because that's how my emotion is programmed. And it's responding to the yucky spider because that's how it's programmed. It's a knee-jerk reaction. It has absolutely nothing to do with the concept of love. Love is not an emotion, although love will express itself through the faculties And through the ego roles, it is not a faculty. The unconditional love is the quality that is conveyed from our love, from our our light, from our soul. This is a quality that, that, that comes channeled through from soul, from core self. And it is vital that we learn this distinction. Because there's so many things that, that go under the banner and the name and the flag of love and cause so much grief and confusion that I wouldn't even begin uh, to, to name it here. And our romantic uh, indoctrinations, uh, they, they all come from, oh, our... our ego role programs, oh well that's how the girlfriend has to be and that's how the boyfriend has to be and that's what's expected of the wife and that's what's expected of the husband and and that's what the emotions do and that's what the mind does da, 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 da. you can hear the cacophony starting and um, it's quite funny, I'm just reminded of, of, of a, a couple of books that, that I read, one, one of them being uh, uh, men are from Mars and women are from Venus because it sort of gives a uh, an illustration of uh, the programmings of, of our components and then the dynamics that ensue out of those. So if we can, if we can come back again to our 
uh, core self and the quality because um, dare I use the word love the unconditional love the kindness the compassion is is a quality and is it is something that we choose uh, and it is it is not not a thing it's not something uh, that we are it's a quality uh, and the, uh, the the manifestation of that quality that we can choose to channel through all that we are and that comes with, uh, with reaching higher consciousness and when we can reach that when we come from from that love from kindness and compassion, we can bridge the most phenomenal conflicts, problems, grief, challenges that you could possibly imagine. The most amazing uh, human um, expressions uh, have come from, from manifesting core self from channeling our divine light. I don't know how far I should go with um, with talking about this. Let me let me come back because uh, Rick earlier you spoke of the heart. Yes, it's, got, it's often <laughs> spoken about the, the 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 mind versus the heart. So. Um, well, uh, the mind should be versus emotion because, again, the heart is not one of the four wheels. Our emotion says this, our mind says that, our body says the other. The heart center, as I describe it, uh, is... Uh, I'll, I'll let the cat out of the bag. I'm a trackie. <laughs> uh, the heart center is wormhole. It's a multidimensional wormhole. So it's through the heart center that we can instantly shift from one state of consciousness to the higher self. So let's say I'm in the traffic and I'm getting really vexed by somebody and, and my inner bitch is coming up and my road rage is starting to fume. <laughs> and the language starts flowing and my fist goes up. So my motion, my mind, and my body are in great synchronicity here. But if I've learned to shift to my core self, and I'm no longer trapped in my focus, in my hand and in my foot and in my lower self, I go up there and my core self will look down and say, yes, all right, kids, I can see where you're coming from. You, you're justified in uh, what you're expressing and feeling, but... Let's not go too far with it. Let's not sort of stop the car. Let's not hoot at the other person. Let's not try to, to get justice and fairness here. Let's just be magnanimous and let the idiot go. <laughs> so by, by going up, we can bridge things which our lower selves would get entangled with and it wouldn't be very good to pursue. Equally, uh, on, in a different scenario. We may be having uh, a very severe row with our partner. 
we can be very wounded and we want to go in the corner and 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 hide and or possibly sulk or lick our wounds uh and 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 we don't know where to go from there and 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 our partner possibly is feeling the same and then suddenly we have this abyss gaping between us and our ego roles and our faculties are at the wit's end we cannot bridge we've landed in hell so this is where we need the skill to rise our consciousness to core self and to activate our divine light our unconditional love that says well we're both hurting let's be kind and compassionate to our ego roles to our faculties and reach out to our partner <laughs> let's reach out and be kind not fair not just sub that at the end of the day being kind being loving indeed well just makes we'll take some more of that sense. absolutely but shift our core self brings to us a superior ability to manage ourselves and our circumstances of bringing kindness and compassion to bear in reality in everyday circumstances to free ourselves from the snares getting out again from because we all have our times and circumstances where we fall into the pit of hell and some people don't get out of it you know people who commit suicide they don't kill themselves because they don't want to live because they just don't know how anymore because they fell into the into the pit of of the faculties and ego coming to a point where they just didn't know anymore and anyhow and the person didn't have access to shift to core self to make things all right again indeed well we've rapidly used up our 90 minutes here it's amazing <laughs> it always amazes me how fast it can go once we get once we get talking So we want to be sure that we get uh links and contact information so folks can find out more you, because you uh, uh besides your practice you have workshops and uh uh give folks of you transcendental progression uh has uh four different um elements to it uh transcendental progression is used uh, in uh therapy one to one therapy and self development work it's offered as workshops and i also have practitioner training courses and in march uh, the book of transcendental progression under the title finding your way home through transcendental progression or rather with transcendental progression is going to be available from the 28th of march it's already out in amazon and it's formatted in such a way that it can be used as a self-help book so you can work through those 
different aspects and learn about those components and dynamics of yourself and it allows you to make this progression and it's transcendental because it transcends it doesn't just ascend from down to up uh, but it transcends it goes sideways and round in circles and you can move from any of your components to any place and you can indeed from any component from any circumstance jump straight through your heart center to this wonderful portal that leads you to your own inner light. Wonderful. And we'll provide uh, book links on our website. Uh, and folks can find you through the Green Center? Yes, that is where you would contact uh, my work, yes. Okay. And so that... Uh, that's uh, the, the com. Uh, green just like the color, and center in its uh, proper British English spelling with an E on the end, C-E-N-T-R-E. So it's thegreencenter.com. Uh, and, I shall for all the specifics for, uh, for the contact. Yes, absolutely. We just want to be sure that we have many podcast listeners that uh, uh, access our show through their smartphones and, and, and other methods, and we want to be sure that we get it spoken out loud to them. And, of course, all those links will be on the archive on our website at everydayconnection.me because it's all about me, no matter which one of us me's is reading that. And uh, we do hope you'll get by there as well because we have lots of interesting developments coming up. Uh, uh, we have the morning show that will be starting uh, on the for- launching on the 14th. Uh, um, and, uh, so that's going to be a lot of fun. And, uh, and of course, our evening show will continue. These in-depth conversations, we, we just wouldn't want to be without them because they're fantastic. And I want to thank you, uh, Anushka, for finding time for us today. My pleasure. And I'd like to thank you and for the opportunity for people and uh, hopefully for people to benefit. Thank you so much. It's wonderful. It's our pleasure. Well, all right, folks. Drop by the website, sign up for the mailing list, and uh, so you can stay updated on everything that we're doing. We hope that you will join us again for our next show. But until then. To our mother, to each other, and especially to yourselves, stay connected. Have a great now, everybody. Join Jane and Rick again next time. Until then, visit their website at everydayconnection.me and subscribe for news and updates. Stop by their Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash everydayconnection and join the conversation. You can also subscribe on iTunes by searching for Everyday Connection Radio. Subscriptions are free, just like your Everyday Connection. a slow cooperative, bringing you the sounds of an awakening world.
So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details.